that um that you can actually stop arguing in your love relationship? Is it even possible to have a passionate, a passionate love relationship without fighting and arguing? And can you do it without therapy, without sitting on a couch for two, three, four, five years, 15, 20 years? <laughs> Coming up, Sharon Rifkin's going to be in with us in just a little bit here talking about the book Breaking the Argument Cycle, How to Stop Fighting Without Therapy. Oh, my God. Tell me that wouldn't be wonderful, right? Sharon says it's wonderful. Tell me that wouldn't be wonderful to be able to um, cease arguing. But what's going to happen when you know you're right? Oh, my God. You know, what's going to happen? I'm sure Sharon's laughing right now. What's going to happen when you're sitting there and your partner is doing or saying something so ridiculous, idiotic? (laughs) Not that mine would. She's a freaking angel. But what if someone, what if she did? What if she did something so incredibly idiotic? And I'm going, oh, my God. And then what do I do? Do I just shut up? I mean, are you going to actually ask me to not give my opinion? 1-800-548-TALK. 1-800-548-TALK. You're you're tuned into David Essel Live. 22 years on the air, broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. Uh, We are now being heard on iHeartRadio, which is incredible. 40 million listeners and growing. Of course, for the last several years, you've heard us on XM, Sirius XM Radio, and uh, we made the big jump. Tonight is the first night on iHeartRadio.com. You can go to our Facebook page to get the correct link to listen to us live right now. You can listen to us on your iPhone. You can listen to us via Facebook. Um, We had some incorrect links go out, but now we got it down. We got things happening on our Facebook page, David Essel Live and David Essel, so check all that out. 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. So what is it about arguing that we all seem to love, and how do you break the cycle? Sharon Rivkin is with us right now. Uh, She's been in O Magazine, licensed marriage and family therapist. Sharon, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to have you. Okay, now, seriously, can you have a passionate, deep, loving relationship without arguing ever? Oh, I don't think you can. It's not about not arguing forever or ever arguing. It's about... When you argue, you want to know what you're really fighting about. And most of the time, we don't know what we're really fighting about. We think we're fighting about, you know, very simple things like a fence or a wastebasket or cookies or, you know, um, inanimate objects. But really, we're fighting about something that's deeper inside of us so that we have to get down to our core issue uh, from childhood to understand what causes the arguments. And, and then really when you understand that, you don't have to fight forever. So we can talk about that. Yeah, you know, Sharon, it's, it's really true. And, you know, in our work, people are always surprised that whatever the core issue that's holding them back, money, relationships, body or whatever, it is so true what you just said, that the environment of our youth shapes our belief system, shapes our ability to love ourselves, not our love ourselves, whatever environment we're in when we see what we perceive, quote-unquote, love to be, regardless of how unhealthy it is, we perspe- our perspective is that's love, and it does take a shift to make it happen, but it starts in those formative years, doesn't it? Absolutely, and then that's why I created the first argument technique. I've got the whole idea that the first argument that a couple has, number one, if it isn't resolved, which it usually isn't, it continues 
throughout the relationship really <laughs> forever and it just gets more escalated and you might think you're fighting about different things but really it's the same issue from the beginning and I created what I call the first argument technique where you can learn to use that first argument for healing rather than it being the destructive argument that will follow you through the relationship and Sharon, so give us an example of a traditional, generic, stereotypical first argument that turns out to be the argument for life. Give us an example of what some might be. Um, well, uh, one of my couples was arguing about the house being clean. You know, her husband felt that she was a big slob and he, she felt that he was a little rigid and uh, wanted everything absolutely perfect. And they argued about that forever. They finally came into therapy and I had them think about, um, you know, going back to their childhood, you know, and people, you know, first I said, you've been doing this, you know, for a long time. Yes, we have the same argument over and over. So she went home, they both went home and she re realized that in her childhood, her mother only cleaned the house. Her mother was a single parent. She only cleaned the house when a new boyfriend was coming over. And so my client decided that she would never do that. So what it turned into is that she just didn't want to, it wasn't that she really didn't want a clean house, but she didn't want to repeat what her mother had done and how she felt left out and her mother didn't clean the house just for the kids. And her boyfriend at the time, he realized that his house was, his parents were alcoholic, and so his house was always very chaotic and messy and everything was just not in its place. So he became actually more rigid to have it, a house neat and clean so he would feel less chaotic. And once they knew what they were really fighting about, which was a little girl inside that didn't want to clean the house because she didn't want to be like her mother, and a little boy that needed, you know, neatness instead of chaos, they didn't have to hate each other and blame each other for the house being messy. And she could start cleaning the house and because she really wanted a clean house. So that's an example of something that could have gone on really forever because, you know, they had differences of opinion. And once they realized what was underneath it, they could really have compassion for each other and actually the relationships get closer once you understand what you're really fighting about. And um, the technique that I use gets you yes. down to that core issue. Okay, now that, that core issue, you said something really, really important, and you said once we get to that core issue, our partner could have the chance to understand us. Yes, yes, that's the, that's the deal. Once your partner, see, if you, if you just keep arguing like you're the house is messy, no, it's not, you're just too neat. I mean, that gets us absolutely nowhere. It's just mm -hmm. a power struggle and every, mm -hmm. you know, someone needs to be right, someone's wrong. But if you get below that and you understand, wow, she's not cleaning the house because of something in her childhood that really triggers her, that really got stuck, and he's needing it to be clean because, you know, he had such a difficult childhood with chaos. Uh, and then you're suddenly not mad anymore because you're not being blamed. See, what happens in arguments, you blame your partner, you shame sure. your partner, you need to be right, like you were just talking about, that need to be right, is a killer because it builds resentment. The more resentment you've got in a relationship, the more... 
uh, pain and suffering you have in a relationship. And, and Sharon, uh, you know, you know we, yeah. we, we had this huge love workshop today that continues tomorrow. And one of the things that comes up in all of these is that many times the resentments that we get triggered with our current partner it may not be anything about that per- current partner. It could be about former partners, couldn't it? Absolutely. And then you go back to that. It could be about your mother. It could be about your father. It could be about your sister, which is who it's usually about. But then your partner in the moment triggers those memories and you think it's about them. And yeah, most of the time we're, you know, I realized one time my husband and I, we realized we were living with our fathers for a year. And no wonder we weren't getting along because we were projecting (laughs) all the father stuff on each other and not really in present time with each other. When you're, when you're fighting like that, you, you go out of present time because you're back in your childhood and you don't even know it. Yes. And, and who do you have to blame but the, the person that's the most important to you that's right in front of you. And then you get in this cycle and then it's deadly because the, every time you have an argument, things are said that can't be taken back. And like mm. I say, this wall of resentment builds and if it turns into contempt, with a lot of hostility, it's very hard to save those kinds of relationships. Relationships. The name of the book, Breaking the Argument Cycle, How to Stop Fighting Without Therapy, my guest Sharon Rivkin. Right after these messages, we're going to come back more with Sharon. We'll be talking about some things that, that affect men, things that affect women, um, how we get out of the blame game, how do we get to the, the, the absolute aspect of maybe arguing without fighting. Can you argue without fighting? Can you actually argue like in a very logical sense can we have disagreement and what about agreeing to disagree and what about going to bed angry and all these other things we're going to talk to Sharon when we come back our toll free number 1-800-548-TALK 1-800-548-TALK if you want to text us it's 941-266-7676 941-266-7676 for more information on Sharon and all of our guests, go to talkdavid.com. That's talkdavid.com. And you'll be able to see on our radio page all of the guests we have with links to their stuff, links to their books, etc. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show, 22 years on the air, talkdavid.com. I'm coming back. Sharon's going to be with me. You stay right there. Let me live that fantasy. David Estel alive. TalkDavid.com. So nice to have you with us. 1-800-548-TALK. 1-800-548-TALK. My guest with me right now, Sharon Rivkin, author of the book, Breaking the Argument Cycle, How to Stop Fighting Without Therapy. Sharon, what about this concept of agreeing to disagree? Does that work? Can two people look at each other and go, wow, we really disagree about housework or about money or about this or that? Let's just let it go. Yeah, that can work. I mean, you know, that shows respect for each other's differences. And the more respect we have for the differences, the better we are. And again, if we understand 
why our partner feels the way they do, that it's not just coming. See, people don't argue just to be mean to each other. People argue because something's at stake. There's something right. important. And if they understand what's important to their partner, they might not agree, like they might not understand it fully, but they're going to go, oh, he has a reason for this. She has a reason for this. It's not just to make me mad. It's not just to get under my skin. And once you can accept that and see that, yeah, you can agree to disagree, definitely. And sometimes it makes it more interesting in a relationship because you are different. But you need to respect those differences and not hold it against your partner. And letting go of resentments. Give us an example of a strategy that you believe in to help people to let go. I think that what you have to do, you know, I see a lot of couples and they come in with a whole lot of resentment build up and that's where I go back again to the first argument to see where it all started and help them to understand why they resented their partner, you know, where that came from, that it just isn't out of the blue, that a re- an argument didn't get resolved, somebody got hurt, somebody got angry. So resentment, you can start breaking it up when you start to understand, again, that core issue and what's really going on, what you're really fighting about. If you keep fighting about the same things and you don't have an understanding, you you're just going to be mean to each other as time goes on, meaner and meaner, and then the resentment builds. But if you can stop that cycle by saying, okay, what's happening for her? What's happening for him? Look at your partner like they're not your enemy. Give them the benefit of the doubt. All those things you do in the beginning of a relationship. Then once you understand that, that resentment, it it almost disappears immediately because you go, oh, she's in pain, he's in pain. As long as we know we're not being attacked and we're not having to get on the defensive, we can have a lot of compassion for our partner. But once you start that defending, you know, um, uh, attacking mode, which most arguments are, you know, you did this, well, you did this, and you did it first, and you did it worse. Um, right. You, you can't get through that. You've got to stop that, and you've got to go down to the, the deeper issue and talk about that. Talk about how you just got triggered. Talk about how that reminds you of your mother. Talk about how it reminds you of your sister. And not put your partner as the one that you blame and shame. And and that whole thing about this reminds me of. Now, now I, I want to ask you about that because I think this is really important. When we say, you know, oh, this reminds me of my former husband or this reminds me of my former wife or this reminds me of a guy I dated or a girl I dated or whatever, oftentimes I see the other person say, oh, my God, you're carrying your baggage forward. Uh-huh. Well, well, we all do carry our baggage forward, (laughs) but if you do have the presence of mind to say, look, I'm not blaming you, I'm just triggered, this is reminding me of something that happened in my past, I'm trying to get through it, I'm trying to understand it, bear with me, and don't blame me for having a past, because who doesn't? And the idea with the past is to learn from it and to examine it, and so you want to applaud your partner if they're realizing that this is coming from the past, not not um, tell them that that's something bad. Of course we have a past, and it is going to come with us. The idea is, though, use it, make it work for you. I always say invite conflict in. Don't just throw conflict out. Invite it in so you can understand things and, and progress, because if you keep repeating the same things that don't work, 
in arguments and in relationships. You're just going to be stuck and you're going to think, gee, I need to get divorced because we can't resolve anything. You, you said that earlier. You know, it, it, the frustration, the resentment turns to contempt. And once it's turned to contempt, we're screwed. Pretty much. Yep. Yeah, and that's when affairs start happening. That's mm. when, you know, people, because they're so unhappy and they can't see any hope in the relationship, so they go outside of the relationship. And, you know, the key to killing a relationship is resentment building. And resentment builds when you don't resolve arguments. And yes. most arguments don't get resolved because we don't know what we're fighting about. So you want to discover your core issue, which in my book, Breaking the Argument Cycle, there's a whole questionnaire to find out what your core issue is so that you can and always go back to that because once you discover what your core issue is, it, it doesn't change. The core issue is, is, is there. It's from your childhood. It's, it's cemented in. And once you know that, you begin to understand yourself and understand, oh, that's why that upset me so much. It's not really that I'm mad that my husband comes home late every night. It's just that it reminds me of this in my past and I get triggered and I need to work on that. I need to talk about that. I can't keep blaming him. And so it goes. And then you have a, a chance to really stay current in your relationship. The healthiest relationships are the ones that are current in present time with no baggage like we're talking about hanging around because you've resolved your argument. And it is yes. possible. Okay, we have a minute and 20 seconds left. Going to bed angry, okay or not okay? Well, it, I, it's, it's, um, if you can work things out before bed, it's much better not to go to bed angry. Um, but if you really can't, then table it, call a truce, do something that, you know, you say, we've got to get back to this. Don't keep it going late at night. And that's the worst time to get into something, yes. you know, um, intense and heavy. A lot of people bring up big issues, for, you know, when they're about to go to bed, which they shouldn't do that. And if you do, just say, hey, Let's just agree to not keep talking about this. Let's not go to bed angry, but we're going to continue this till we resolve it the next day and make a date with each other the next day or, you know, very soon after to resolve that issue. But if you're really stuck, just, you know, blow a whistle and say, okay, we got to stop this now. And, but get back to it because if not, it's one of those unresolved issues that turns into resentment. Yeah. Breaking the argument cycle, how to stop fighting without therapy. My guest, Sharon Rivkin. Sharon, it has been wonderful. I love your ideas and thoughts, and I, I really do, too, appreciate your thought on going to bed angry. So many times people have absolutes, like never do it or it's okay to, and what you're saying is, you know what, if there's a way to avoid it, avoid it, but don't avoid the issue. Exactly. Never avoid the issue. Don't sweep it under the rug. It will come back to haunt you seven times over. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me, I love it. Sharon, it was great. You have a beautiful night, and thanks for being a part of our show. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed myself. Thank you. You're welcome. Our toll free number, 1 800 548 Talk. More information. You know, the thing I keep forgetting to tell you is that all of these shows are archived. Go to talkdavid.com anytime after 10 o'clock at night Eastern Time. There's hundreds of shows archived at talkdavid.com. Like us on Facebook. David Essel Alive on Facebook. Go and like us on Facebook. Call me right now, 1-800-548-TALK. You have a relationship issue, a money issue, a body issue, an addiction issue, 
548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. Our website, talkdavid.com. We are America's positive radio talk show. Stay right there. tire you're going to hear me roar this is what we're talking about with the show this is what we're talking about you know like grabbing that eye of the tiger going after life in in the workshop we did today on love intimacy and sex that continues tomorrow it was exactly this you know talking about taking control and getting out of blaming others for your lack of a love relationship or blaming your current partner for the lack of this or that you got to talk clear you got to be strong you have to tell people what you want you have to be willing to roar like that tiger and say hey here's my deal killers baby you know if you want to be with me i want to be with you and here's the things that's not going to work dot 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 now what's not going to work for you let's have an open honest communication like that's being that's roaring like a tiger 1800 548-8255, Call me right now. If you want help on how to get to that next level and, and live like the eye of the tiger, call us. Or you can text us, 941-266-7676, 941-266-7676. I want to talk to you. Text us, 941-266-7676, or call us, 1-800-548-TALK. Um, getting to some of your texts and emails, uh, oh, we got a bunch of them on cheating. Isn't that interesting? Um, here's a married 30 years. My wife filed for divorce six months ago. It was a horrible marriage, uh, but we stayed for the kids. A major mistake. We have not finalized everything still. She has a boyfriend, and it makes me jealous. As a matter of fact, the other day I sent her a text about getting her back. Is this normal? Oh, my God, is this normal? Is this normal or what? Yes. It's normal to be jealous. It's normal to be insecure. It's normal to want her back. But let me tell you this. If the marriage is over and you guys have filed for divorce, she filed it, she's on her way, she's moved on, you've got to move on too. Write out all the reasons the marriage was not healthy. Write out all the reasons why it's a good thing to be on your own. Write out the reasons that you caused the demise of the relationship. In other words, get very intense and in touch with the emotions that you have. So you write about why am I jealous? Why am I insecure? Why do I want her back? And then you write down why did the marriage end, right? Like, why did it end? What was my role? Just get very clear. But I want to tell you first off this. Yes, it's normal to be insecure. Yes, it's normal to be jealous. Yes, it's normal to say I want you back, but just don't do it. (laughs) Even though you sent a text, you know, if she's moved on and you are a little insecure and jealous, that's all normal stuff. But it doesn't mean that you want to act on it. And 99% of the times, there's an exception to every rule, but usually not. 1-800-548-TALK. 1-800-548-TALK. Uh, I struggle with procrastination. I start and stop a million things. What could I be afraid of? 
this is worse than anything I've ever done in the past. I used to be completing all of my tasks, but now I complete nothing. Oh, my God. Fear of failure. What are you afraid of? If you're procrastinating, you're afraid of failing. If it's in a relationship, if it's with your body, if it's with money, you know, that's what you're afraid of, of failing. What's the other thing you're afraid of? And people don't understand the power of this. You're afraid of success. Listen, if we get off the fence and we go after getting this perfect body or earning all this money or having an amazing relationship, we're going to have to keep working outrageously hard to keep it. That's the fear of success. I don't know if I really want to work that hard to keep this relationship, to keep this body, to keep making this money. There's the fear of success. 1-800-548-TALK. I'm, okay, I've just got a text in saying, when are you getting to my text? Uh, <laughs> ASAP, here's a text that just came in that's an important one. My girlfriend has herpes, and I want to know if I can get it through sex um, if she is not having an outbreak. Well, the very first thing is, is that I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on radio. I don't play one on TV. So check with your doctor, Okay. Wear a condom if there's breakouts, of course. But ask your doctor about the odds of picking up uh, this STD if she doesn't have an outbreak, number one. Number two, my question to her would be, um, is she on any medications? Is she taking the supplement lysine over-the-counter at a health food store? Is she on um, any other medications for herpes? If she is, great. If she's not, make sure she gets on it. So there it is, Right? There it is, 1-800-548-TALK. Yes, we talk about sex on the show. Heck, yeah, we talk about sex. Uh, we've got a bunch of sex. Oh, okay, well, here's some from people from the workshop that um, I led today talking about sex. And we didn't even talk about sex today in the workshop. We're going to cover it tomorrow. But this is a good one. I'm bored sexually. Uh, my partner was not at your workshop today. I believe he is listening now, and that's okay, period. But I'm really bored sexually, period. What is it that we do to move out of this boredom. We've been together for two years. It has not been fun for the last 12 months. This is going to be the first time I'm going to talk about it, and I want to talk about it with him after the end of your workshop tomorrow. Okay, listen. This is such an important topic. A lot of couples, after a couple months, get bored with sex. You know, after six months, they're absolutely over it. After a year, it's like whatever. And one of the most important things that I talk with my partner, Jennifer, about is, and this is going to sound very bizarre to some people, but it's about scheduling our sexual time together. We're both extremely busy. There are children involved. There is work involved. There's projects involved, work from both of our ends. And plus, we work together and we work separately. And so there's all of the stress and the, and the pressures of life. It's just like... 70% of other couples in the United States of America, if we don't schedule sex, if we don't actually have it, like this is, and this is going to sound so clinical, and that's probably because part of it is my practice, right? But, you know, I'll look at the next day and we'll sit down and talk and go, okay, when can we get together to do this? When is it going to work for you? When is it going to work for me? And then we look at like the week before a workshop. And I tell her all the time, listen, if I've got a huge workshop coming up, there's no way that we're going to have sex at night. And that's just the truth because I'm working double time during the day, you know, with ads and deadlines and all this kind of stuff. And then when I come home at night, I've got work to do at night. And by 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, I am exhausted. And then she usually is too. So if we don't schedule it in during the day, it's not going to happen. And if we know that we aren't intimate on a very regular basis, that we're going to be drifting apart. 
that's just the nature that we are. Now, some couples would say, oh, my God, making love once a week is plenty or making love every couple weeks or making love once a month is fine. And so if that works for you, great. But if that's not your level of drive or your level of sexual intent, then you're going to have to schedule it in. Do not be afraid to sit down with your partner and say, you know what, I'm really bored with our sex life. You can say it in really nice words, and you can actually do it in the opposite. I would say I'd recommend doing it in the positive. Like, hey, honey, what is it that we can do to add some more zing to our sex life? What is it that we can do to add some more passion? What is it that we can do to add some more variety? Would you be open? Would you like if I went and got a, a DVD on sexual positions, or could we take a weekend course on it, or what is it that we could do? You know, like talk about it. And then number two is let's make sure that you're not out of resentments. You know, our recent guest, Sharon Rifkin, was talking about resentments. Let's make sure that resentments aren't getting in the way of and sex, like that you're coming up with excuses. There's too much work to do. There's too much pressure with the kids. You know, I can't have sex with you now. Like, let's not have excuses. Let's schedule it in. And the more you schedule it in, the more you're showing your partner that you're interested, that you're concerned, that you care, that you want that to be. Because what separates a great Love relationship from a great friendship is intimacy, is spending time together in a way that you wouldn't spend with anyone else. It's like that sacred time, that sacred space, sharing your bodies, that's sacred. And in that sacredness, if you lose that sacred time, if you lose that sacredness, then you just have another friend. And that's not what an intimate relationship is about. It's just not like saying, how many friends can I have? No, we want someone who is so unique and so special that it's the only person that we go to to this level. And if that isn't serious and taken seriously, we're going to lose the relationship, gang. Like sometimes people go, I can't talk about sex. You have to talk about sex. Because if you don't, you're going to lose it. Whatever it is that we push underneath the rug, the carpet, out of resentments or time or fatigue or whatever, we're going to lose it. Don't lose it. Don't lose the opportunity to have the most amazing relationship, unique relationship ever, because you're not willing to look at variety or you're not willing to schedule that intimate time together. one 800 548-TALK, 1-800. Thank you so much for these texts on intimacy and sexuality and openness and all of this stuff. You know, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And getting these messages out where other people won't talk is crucial for our show. And it's what makes our show different. Call me, 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. Text me, 941-266-7676. Visit the website. If I can help you, I want to help you. Email me at talkdavid.com. Find out what we got going on. I look forward to connecting with you. David Essel here. Stay there. Oh, David Essel in the box with you as we talk about love, intimacy, addiction, recovery, weight loss, you name it. Whatever the topic is that has to do with you moving ahead in life, that's what our program is all about. 1-800, here's the number if you want to chat. I'm going to get to your text. Yes, I'm going to get to your text. 1-800-548-TALK. 1-800-548-TALK. Our text, 941-266-7676. 941 
866-266-7676. Speaking of sex, another question came in about sex. Is that how do I try to introduce my boyfriend to different techniques with intimacy? This is a sensitive subject. He has never once wanted to talk about these things, and I'm not sure how to do it. This, This is a common question. A lot of people have a hard time asking for what they want in their love relationship. If they want their partner to dress a certain way or if they want their partner to make love a certain way or if they want their partner to be more oral or less oral or whatever, we have a very hard time in our society speaking openly. Why is that? We're so afraid of being rejected. We're afraid of being judged. We're afraid of our partner will think, oh, my gosh, that's a dirty mind or that's a nasty mind and I don't want anything to do with that. You know, instead of just saying, hey, there's some things I'd really like to talk to you about and I haven't been able to talk to you and I'm afraid you're going to reject me. But can we sit down and at least give this a try? And I'd like this or I'd like that or, you know, like, but don't ever do it in the bedroom. Right. Don't talk about these things in the bedroom. Talk about them in a non-threatening environment. A lot of people become overly sensitive when they're laying in bed nude And someone starts saying, I want to do something different. So number one, talk about it out of the bedroom. Number two, if there's a way that you could show him without embarrassing him the things that you would like to experience, please try that. You know, like do that. Talk, show, express. Um, There are many wonderful books on the market talking about variety and sexuality and sensuality. So... Please do that. 1-800-548-8255. Five reasons for cheating. I want to go over this. The five reasons for cheating in love. Why is this? And we just got this text in. David, you shared a couple months ago about the five reasons we cheat in love. Um, Please repeat this. My girlfriend is always talking about the fact that I'm going to leave her and cheat. It isn't true, but I want to know where this fear is coming from. Okay, number one. The number one reason that people cheat. And and Sharon Rifkin, who was just on the show, was talking about this as well, as well as resentments. Unspoken, unresolved, I'm going to get even with you. Instead of talking to you, and instead of like letting go of the resentment and working through the resentment and figuring out even what the hell the resentment is, we act out, number one. Number two, the second reasons people cheat is codependency. We're afraid of being honest. We don't want to rock the boat and tell someone what we really feel about our love relationship. So instead, we might even try one or two times, right? We may even throw it out there one or two times, and then we just give up. And instead of uh, going back into it, we go, you know, but I have needs. I need my needs met, so I'm just going to go have them met somewhere else. Codependency is the second reason. Third is that we don't trust the opposite sex, and this is a resentment in a way, so we take it out on our current partner. Before they do something to us, we're going to do something to them. Like, we don't trust men. We don't trust women. And so we're in this relationship, and instead of expressing the fact that I've got some stuff I'm bringing from my past about not trusting men or not trusting women, we just go ahead and cheat. Um, Next is that we're sexually bored. Oh, my Lord, this happens all the time. Our emotional needs, our physical needs are not being met in bed. And so all of a sudden someone catches our eyes, and we say, oh, I bet they could meet my needs, and we go there. And last... I mentioned it a second ago. We are emotionally bored. We are emotionally bored. We are emotionally bored. So we may have screamed at our partner and said, I need this from you. I need that from you. But we've never talked to them about it. And so we scream one or two times. And because we're screaming, they scream back at us. 
nothing ever gets resolved, and we decide to go elsewhere. In our conversations about sensuality and sexuality, the most important thing that we need to remember is to be honest in all ways, always. 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. Our text, 941-266-7676, 941-266-7676. This, oh my God, this just came in. A couple weeks ago, you had a multimillionaire on the show who was almost destitute and homeless. What was his key to getting it? Well, we had two, as a matter of fact. We had Joe Vitale, the um, star, one of the stars from the movie and the book, The Secret, who was homeless. And then we had Joe Cerulli, my mentor, who was homeless and become a multimillionaire. And, you know, they, they both have a very similar, I'm going to call it the recovery story. You know, they both have a very similar recovery story. And what was it? The recovery story is this, is that they made a decision one day that the life that they were living wasn't working. I know that sounds so basic, right? Well, of course the life they were living wasn't working. They were homeless. Yeah, but you know what? Do you know how many people in relationships have a relationship that isn't working that they stay? Do you know how many people that aren't making the money they want to make? And instead of like doing something about it, having an awareness that, oh, my God, I've got to change this. They don't change a thing. All they do is complain. They become the victims, right? So both of these people woke up one day and said, no way, I'm not going to be the victim anymore. I need to change, and I'm going to change. So the very first thing they did was that they came to this awareness that life wasn't working for them the way that they wanted it to be, number one. Number two is that they decided, and this is the thing that so many people get stuck on, they decided to do something different. In other words, the action steps that they took had to be different. They started doing things on a daily basis that they hadn't done before. How do we become financially independent? Well, you've heard me say this a thousand times on the show, is that one of the first things we do is we look at how we spend our money. Do we respect money? Are we spending money we don't have? Step number one. Step number two, what's our beliefs about money? Do we feel screwed? Are we blaming others? Are we projecting our pain? Are we saying it's the government? The reason I'm struggling for money, it's the housing market. It's Obama. It's fill in the blank. Right? So we get out of victimhood and out of projecting our pain, and we be responsible for the money that we are making or not money. Making or not making. So, you know, this is how all these people that go from homeless to multimillionaires do it. It's not a secret, ladies and gentlemen. And if you need help with that, just email us at talkdavid.com. Just go and, talk and email us and say, you know, I want to become financially independent. Could you help us out? And we'll get you started. At the very least, we'll get you started. 1-800-548-8255. And our text number, 941-266-7676. I know, more texts coming in. More te- Here's one about the body. Is there a diet that I could follow that would actually help me lose body fat and increase muscle tissue? And the answer is no. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. You cannot increase muscle tissue by diet alone. If you're going to exercise, here's a difference. So let me give you the breakdown. Number one, cut back on carbohydrates, simple carbohydrates, breads, pastas, rices. You can have some, but small amounts, right? Crackers, fast food, get rid of all that crap. You're going to have to eat very clean and very healthy if you want to get a body that you so desire a muscular body, a toned body, whatever it is that you're looking for, okay? So number one, get rid of all the crap food, all the junk food, all all the fast food. Get rid of it all. I know it's going to be difficult for some people. It is so damn worth it, number one. Number two, eat every three to four hours and make sure that your protein intake is is tantamount 
that at every meal you have 20 grams, 18 grams. You can figure it out. I can give you a formula on another show, but figure 18 to 20 grams at least at every meal, four meals a day. You're eating every three to four hours, four to five meals a day. Vegetables, of course, at all the meals and a small amount of fruit. And then get into strength training. Any type of weight training, strength training, it could be push-ups and sit-ups. You can join a gym, whatever it is, but that will radically change your body. If you just do those two things, change your diet immensely and get in and do some strength training, push-ups, sit-ups, calisthenics, whatever it is, oh, my Lord, your body will change. Listen, our whole world is based on personal growth. Our whole world is to help you get to the next level. Email me at talkdavid.com if you have any questions that you need answered. Work with me one-on-one. We do this all the time. Look at the programs, the weekend workshops that we offer. Join us. And remember, be bold, be strong, be positive. Until next week, I'm David Essel. TalkDavid.com. Stay there. Be strong.